Hot mess people tend to be hot messes. You're such a cheater. Tell me, tell me you did not laugh out loud when she stabbed him in the ass. And I was kind of bored. Boom, there she is. Hey y'all, welcome back to Let's Get Mystical. This is Lynn and I've got Jen with us today as well. Of course you do. It's my show. No, just yeah, kidding. Like, like, hello, where are you? <laughs> it's our show. What? Where were you, Jen? <laughs> <laughs> I just given you the reins. Yeah, that's not always the best idea. <laughs> hot, hot mess people tend to be hot messes. You know what I mean? <laughs> we are going to talk about the first book in my favorite series by my current favorite author. It is the first series of the Immortally Gar... A Mortal Guardian series by Diane Duvall. <laughs> Holy cow, that was a that was a flop and a half there, wasn't it? Do you remember the title? No, I'm actually going to pull it up because there's so okay. many of them. I was gonna say I'll pull right it up, now. but if you're already doing it, <laughs> didn't have that prepared. We're so we're so bad. We're we're not prepared at all today. Darkness <laughs> Dawns is the first book in the Mortal Guardian series, and it hooked me. And I actually read the first three in that series in like two days. I, I got nothing done that week. Before I ask this question, we, you mentioned very briefly that we're just talking about the first book. And that is for two reasons. One, I have not been able to finish the series because only the first book was in Kindle Unlimited and I'm not rich. And two, we're trying to keep this as succinct and short as possible. <laughs> it's succinct. You know, my, uh, my best friend's doing a um, dog training like class, I guess. And she sent me a picture of the word succinctly. Why would they put this in a dog training book? I had to look it up. I'm like, why wouldn't you just call me? Why wouldn't you just call me? <laughs> because the reason I say we're going to kind of keep it as succinct and short as possible is because the themed episodes get to be so long and we know that you guys tend to not listen to those all in one chunk. So we're trying to keep it short. And I'm sorry if you can hear me owing. <laughs> I did hear that actually. That's cute. Yes, He's playing he with his box again. He does this every I, time. If it's not mischief, it's a train. If it's not a train, it's neighbors banging on the wall. <laughs> well, I want to give an update on Supernatural. I met Crowley last night. And you thought? Um, I thought he was sexy. <laughs> <laughs> he is, first, yes. First off, I thought he was sexy. Um, I think I'm going to like him. I think I'm going to like yeah. him a lot. I He's really great. do. He's great. I. I also found out that the trickster was not the trickster, but Gabriel. Um, so since you're better at it, I'm going to let you give a little summary of the book. How about if I just pull up the synopsis right quick? You're such a cheater. I am a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Well, I could give my rambling or I could just read it verbatim. So let's see. Once Sarah Bingham's biggest challenge was making her students pay attention in class. Now, after rescuing a wounded stranger, she's landed in the middle of a battle between corrupt vampires and powerful mortals who also need blood to survive. Roland Warbrook is the most compelling man Sarah has ever laid eyes on, but his desire for her is mangled with a hunger he can barely control. In his nine centuries of immortal existence, no woman has tempted Roland as much as Sarah, but asking her to love him is impossible when it means forfeiting the world she's always known and the life he would do anything to protect. <sighs> Just reading that, I'm like, yay! <laughs> Just heads up, there may be spoilers if you have not read this book. 
and I do highly suggest reading it. <clears throat> there probably will be, but not as much as we spoil other things because I have not read the rest of the series, so I don't want to spoil myself for that. So, To show um, you how much I love this series, I'm contemplating getting the Immortal Guardians tattoo. <laughs> I love that series that much. I've read every one of them. If she were to publish her grocery list, I would probably buy it. That's how much I love her writing. I don't, I, I am not sold on her writing just yet. Book one is a little rough, <laughs> um, but you have assured me it gets better. Yes. In my opinion, they soared like to the skies when she became indie. It what, seems like what? when they, when the publisher had control of it, it was a little bit more subdued. And once she was able to control what she wanted to do, it just exploded. Do you know about where in the series that happened? I want to like, say book four-ish, maybe. Okay. I'm trying to remember because it's been a long time since I read, you know, the earlier ones like, gosh, 2012, 13, something like that. Well, you and know, we I'll all my just... updates as I'm able to read them, but yeah. I have to have the yeah. money to read them first. <laughs> So to um, give the readers a little update on this world, there are vampires and there are, are immortals. The difference is they're both infected by a rare symbiotic virus. It's a vampiric virus. If you are human, you turn vampire and this virus actually eats because it takes over your immune system. It actually eats away at their brain and makes them crazy. Now, if you're already an asshole or you're already evil, you're not even going to try and fight it. and You're just going to be sadistic and evil anyways. But there are, I don't know how much I want to say. There is particular people that decide that they want to fight it as much as possible and help the immortal guardians try to find a cure. Because here's the thing. If they were to find a cure to wipe out that virus, the person would still die because they would be left with no, um, no uh, um, immune system. Wow. That just, that just <laughs> stopped my brain. That was like smoke from the brakes. Um, the difference is immortals are born gifted ones. So people with, you know, telepathy, telekinesis, um, healing with their hands, you know, things like that. They're born different because they actually have like, oh, like 40,000 uh, DNA. Uh, uh, help me. What's the word? DNA? DNA? Uh, Markers? Like chromosomes? Anyways, they're rare. <laughs> they're, they're rare. So the immortal guardian's role is to fight the vampires and protect humans the reason nobody knows about vampires and immortal guardians is because number one when their fangs form a chemical similar to ghb forms so when they bite a victim they don't remember it the victim doesn't remember it if they're bitten once you don't turn if you're bitten several times like over and over your your, your body can't fight it off and you will turn and it's very long painful process the other way to turn is if you're drained near death and then your blood is returned to you with the virus in it and it's quicker but it's still extremely painful and like you know you sky high fever and and all this stuff but that first of all that's the huge difference in this world of vampires and that's i loved 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 the concept when i read that because instead of you know a vampire slayer out there it's like these people are have the same virus infecting their bodies but one has just descended into complete madness you know they don't they stop caring for their bodies they stink they're covered in blood they're evil they anybody they come across kids women don't it doesn't matter they like they slaughter and they toy with them and they they you know torture them and things like that whereas immortal guardians 
they subsist on bagged blood that is donated by employees of a network. That's all it's called is the network of humans that work to keep their identity protected. So there's my synopsis and why you wanted me to read that and not just tell you. <laughs> and there's the end of the episode. No, just kidding. <laughs> the end. <laughs> you pretty much just described the whole book. So no, I described the concept of yes, um, the world. I'm, I'm really hoping because like when you're talking about it, I'm excited to, to know mm. more. But as I was reading book one, I was kind of bored. Um, so I'm hoping more of that kind of gets more fleshed out in the rest of the books. Yeah. Well, and I felt like in book one, like Seth, you barely knew who Seth was. Like, yeah, it didn't even have his personality really cemented. Same with um, Chris Warden. We really didn't get to see the true Chris Warden. But then as the books go on, they get better. And then I really felt like when she went off on her own, she was able to do so much more. She could release quicker. The books could be longer. You know, it just... I love her writing. I love her See, writing. I love her writing. As much as you say we didn't know Seth and all the other ones, I think they're, they were the saving grace of book one, quite frankly, because the main characters kind of bored me to tears. Really? Yeah. I, I was really not interested and it felt like just so much backstory and the, I just didn't even feel like they even had chemistry as a couple even. Oh, I loved them. That, as soon as I finished that one, I immediately bought the next one and within like two days, I read the three first books. It was good enough believe. for me to want to continue. Yeah. But I'm not well, like sure it, that like would said, have been the case if it wasn't for the secondary characters. See, I was kind of like that with Teresa Gableman. Um, her uh, vampire, what is it? Vampire Council Warriors. Um, vampire DC Warriors. Yeah, Vampire Council Warriors. Um, the first book was a mess. Like, it didn't have an editor. It was, you know, head hopping and... But, and I sat it down and went back to it and then I got sucked into the world and I read like pretty much every one of them. I think I've, I've missed a few, just, you know, you start rolling on and you get into something else. And, you know, right now I'm into Mafia Light. I don't know where that came from, but I, it, I had to slug through that first one and then I became addicted to her world. But what Diane Duvall, I wanted to know more. I wanted to know more. I wanted to know more about the world. But now Seth's personality is nothing like it is in, you know, later books. Same with Chris Rorden. Like they really are fully fleshed out. And I actually feel like further books, we get to know uh, Roland a lot better too, strangely enough. I don't, I felt like it wasn't so much their personality that drew me in for book one, like Seth and was his name Marcus? Um, yeah. Roland or Marcus? Marcus. Marcus is a friend. And again, Marcus, his personality is not like what they showed in book one either. Yeah. Until, but I don't think until he it was their love. personalities that drew me in. It was it was more like when it was in their point of view. It was their personality mm -hmm. and or not their personality, just said that. Their um thoughts and their feelings, emotions and stuff. I think that's what drew mm -hmm. me in because like Seth with that woman and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um but I also felt like, in addition to being bored with book one, I felt like it was, most of the book was nothing was happening. It was all about romance, blah, 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 blah. And then the last, what, like 30, 40 pages, well, not even that, I think 20, 30 pages was the battle and it was all over. Like, tell me, tell me you did not laugh out loud when she stabbed him in the ass. Well, yes, of course I did. It had its <laughs> moments. I'm not I'm not saying it didn't have its moments. I mean, obviously it did since I didn't DNF it. But 
I kind of wish the whole enemy battle part was a little bit more ingrained in the whole book because it was actually the end that made me more interested in the rest of the series. Just my thought. I I disagree. We could not be in a book club together. (laughs) Hey, the whole point of book club is not to agree. Well, and see, there's, you know, you got the books where they've known each other for two days and they're madly in love and they would sacrifice their life, their life, like the whole Romeo, Juliet, you know, Titanic thing. I loved the buildup, them getting to know each other. And yeah, they fell in love fairly quickly, but it was like, we got to see their interaction together. But then I love that we got different POVs when they switched over to Seth and David searching for the woman. And then we got to switch over to Bastion's, oh, Bastion. Mm. I will say that I did feel it was a good mix of light and dark. Like it wasn't too dark. Mm-hmm. That made me not want to continue reading it. Um, but like you said, when it switched over to the other point of views, that's what really captured me. It wasn't the main characters, but you've said before where you felt like book one was her just kind of getting to know the characters in the world and yeah. stuff. And I can see that, but I felt like maybe it just needed a little bit more editing. And that, that was through, a bigger publisher too. Yeah, it would be surprising. Let me, pull that up. Let me see if I can pull that up who it was through. It might not say anymore. <laughs> Zebra Books. I see I've never heard of them. So, I mean, she she had a publisher uh for years actually and uh let me hit Moral Guardians. Um and then she went indie and that's where I really feel like those books just the next one is night rains that's one of the awesome yeah i already have it on my to read list um that's one of the awesome things about self-publishing is you can basically do whatever the hell you want yes yes well and you know i was talking to uh damon courtney on my my podcast yesterday about that about how we don't self-publish or indie publish because we can't get a publisher 99.9 percent of us do it because we don't want to i'm trying to see around what books I mean, nothing wrong with publishers, but no. my my mentality when I decided to self-publish was I don't want anybody messing with my story, you know, yeah. and, and publishers tend to ask for changes. I mean, so do editors, but in the long run, you're the one that makes the decision. Okay, so it looks like I don't see a publisher for this one. So it looks like around book... Which one is that? Book seven, Blade of Darkness, which is, I believe, Aiden's story. Yeah, this is this is Aiden's story, which is my favorite. Aiden is my favorite character. Aiden and Seth. Have I would I like to be Aiden yet. The Oreo, the cream. No. Okay. No. I, I would say. like to be the cream in that Oreo. You and your metaphor. I mean, that didn't make sense, but you know, <laughs> the, the the meat in that sandwich, like. I yeah. knew what you meant. You're fine. Yeah. Um, yes. So I mentioned how <clears throat> I felt like the battle just kind of happened all yeah. of a sudden. I also felt like it was too easy. And see, I felt there was a huge buildup going to it. And what I was so frustrated for Roland because he's trying to strike and Seth's stopping him. He can't kill him because, spoiler alert, if you have not read this, turn it off or fast forward. I'm giving you time right now. Okay, you fast forwarded. Okay. Hopefully they did fast forward. Um because he's an immortal, not a vampire. He This whole time he's believed he's a vampire. So Seth, you know, because Seth loves his immortals, you know, and his gifted ones, he doesn't want him killed. And I felt that it was a great buildup and a great battle scene, especially when all the, you know, Lizette, Richard and all them were, you know, out there fighting the vampires off. 
and the little the banter between them especially with the ones that are telepaths in their heads actual battling was fine i just think it was all ended too easily like not not the off-screen people they were fighting like that was you know they went through hell trying to fight them but the big bad like they just basically talked him down well yeah they had well first of all seth's there seth could rule the world literally he could destroy the world literally (laughs) he can just with a thought make everybody freeze in their steps you know so i just didn't it wasn't wasn't that they talked him down it was that seth immobilized him and then marcus and seth gave him the truth yeah so he had to that anguish i can't even imagine finding out that you've been trying to get justice for your sister's murderer the whole time i don't know i just didn't Spoiler feel alert. and it wasn't it wasn't seth or any of them it wasn't any of the immortal guardians it was his name's bastion right bastion bastion newcomb he it just for all of the stuff he had done up until this point and as evil as he was being he didn't seem to put up much of a fight. Like it was, yeah, but, he, he. But was he being evil? Think back now. Was he being evil? Well. He was going after Roland, but he made sure that Sarah was not injured. He gave his vampires lists of pedophiles and murderers. Those were the only ones they were allowed, which of course they went off their diet, but those were the only ones they were allowed to feed on. So was he being evil? Okay, evil's the wrong word. Yeah. For see? as much as. It, as much as he was going for, like, he, the Immortal Guardians in his mind were the enemy. Yeah, because he thought he was a vampire. Right. And that the Immortal Guardians were responsible for killing his sister. Well, actually, he thought that Roland killed his sister and his brother-in-law. But for the fact that he thought all that, it just seemed like he gave mm-hmm. in awfully easily. Like, he would think well, he would be when- more opposed to agreeing with them. It, do you remember he's an empath? He can feel... With the touch and anything, everybody's, whether it's genuine emotions or not. And then Marcus could see Kat was in the room with him. His sister was in the room with him. So he can tell if you're lying or not. Like, Wait, who's the empath? uh, Sebastian's an empath. Why do I not remember that? Oh, my God. Why does he always have to choose this moment to be in the litter box? (laughs) You know what? Anybody that's listening has a life like us. So my cat was just in here a minute ago. Okay. So you told me previously that the whole thing about them all having similar looks gets explained in future books, which is great because that was one of the things I kept latching on to as I was reading book one was why do they all look similar when they're not related? Black hair, brown eyes. Yeah, and then Sarah's the first one without black hair and brown eyes. The first. And, okay, so you that that bothered me actually. Sarah's the reveal that she was a gifted one actually bothered me. Yes, because it was explained way too easily. It bothered so the that hell out of me. Bother me. It yeah, was so that, weird, and it was just it was kind of a letdown. Like I kind of wish yeah. she had not found out she was one. Well, then she wouldn't have been turned, but it's it was just too convenient, whereas, you know, everybody else's abilities are blatant or they're, you know, muted because as, you know, gifted ones were, were you know, mating, whatever you want to call it. Can you tell I'm a paranormal romance author? <laughs> With humans, 
their DNA was being diluted. So whereas they might have had like strong psychic abilities before, now they have, you know, kind of intuition. So, and you will see that a little bit later too, that where it's been muted, but I just felt like that part was a little convenient. It that was, is, I, and I've, I've reread this, this entire series several times. It was convenient. It was out of nowhere. Like the whole book mm-hmm. they were saying she wasn't, and it was, it would be too dangerous yeah. to change her. And, it, and then like all of a sudden, yay, I'm, I'm gifted. I'm a gifted one and I don't have to worry about it. And yeah, just, cause she had brown hair and hazel eyes. So, just so I weird. just assumed and. Yeah, that part, I like that she's different, you know, because it's been black hair, brown eyes, and we're seeing the dilution in the DNA. Okay, cool. But maybe if at one point she did complained about her nightmares, where she kept dreaming about these tornadoes, like, why am I dreaming? But there was no lead up to it. No, it was just, wasn't. boop, yep, you are. And then, yep, you are. That's, this is what it is. If she was, like, you, her gift would, like you said, her gift would have come out sooner. Mm-hmm. And when they when they yeah. finally explained her gift after they found out she was one, it was really weird. Like it was kind of weak, honestly. That to yeah, be her gift, too convenient. Way too. I I can't wait for you to read Ethan and Heather's story and Aiden and um, Dana's story, and of course Seth and Leah's because I mean Seth's you know Big Papa. But I just I can't wait for David's story. Oh my gosh. Well, you're going to probably have to wait because I just can't afford it right now. Well, I just, if I had paperbacks, I'd mail them to you so you can borrow them. Mm. But I, you know, I bought all my books. I can't. And and that bothers me. Her books are not available in libraries. I've checked four libraries and none of them. I've never even looked. I never looked. And she's not, you know, she's not exclusive on Amazon because, you know, she's wide. I, and she I haven't found them. originally with the publisher. Like, I haven't found them in Barnes & Noble either, which I get that she's indie now, but you think that Barnes & Noble would have carried them since she was with a publisher. But she's in Barnes & Noble. Oh, well, oh, my store doesn't have them, and I haven't been able to find them. ebook or paperback? No, paperback. Well, you can request it. If she's on the catalog online, you can request I, it. I think I looked her up and she, her name didn't come up. Boom, there she is. Well, she didn't come yeah, up. So maybe, maybe, can, maybe I was searching my local one. Maybe that's why it didn't come up. It could, yeah. You can, and you can, re- if you want paperback, you can request it when you go in or, you know, online to request a pickup or ship to your house. I usually just have them shipped to my house because it's not close to me. It's a 30 minute highway drive. Yeah, see, it's five minutes down the road for me, which is not good. Yeah. This might actually be a short episode because the only other thing I have to say besides all of what I've said was, you know, that I was bored and I really am hoping the rest of the books are good. And this is, this last comment is really probably because I'm an editor, but I can tell you Diane Duvall's crutch word. What? Smile. I cannot tell you how many times a character smiled in some way. (laughs) Do you know what, and, and you'll see through the other books, what I don't want to say irritated me, but I've noticed it. Every female in the romance scene says so good. <laughs> I just, I, and I'm like, so every female in that world, that's their, their word when they're getting down. Is so good. <laughs> Not ooh, baby, baby. Uh. So good. <laughs> that's what I noticed, but I never noticed that. Now you see, now I'm going to have to go back. And uh, so many I, times I, I saw I, smile or smiled or smiling or. <laughs> Well, you know, we talk about how when you have anxiety, you tend to rewatch things, you mm-hmm. tend to reread things. So when I'm having a really bad, even if I have a new book, if I've had a really anxious day or, you know, maybe I'm, I'm running too high when I'm trying to go to bed, I'll go back to those books. 
And it's usually Ethan and Heather's, Aiden and Dana's, or Leah and Seth's are usually my go-tos. Yeah. But I'm about to rebuy a majority of them because they're on an old Kindle account and I can't remember the sign-in and I tried to find it and I can't find it. Mm. So I just love the uniqueness of that world. And it does, the, the world building and the character building and everything really amps up as the books go on and you really truly get to know characters deeper to the point where they they become my friends. I don't know how else to say it. Like they're, they're real in my head. Like I get so engulfed in each book that I forget there's something going on around me. I will say that one of her strengths, just like JK Rowling, one of her, um, Diane DeVal's strengths was the world building. Mm -hmm. I did. I did. I was immersed in the world, just not so much the Mm -hmm. main characters of that book. Oh, just, just wait, it gets even better. And then she's got, um, what is I forgot the name of the series. It's kind of a sci-fi paranormal romance. Yeah. Because there are some of the immortals that are in space as well. I'm trying to find it's on here. Um the Sigonian Lasarian. I Lassarian, saw it. The covers Rebellion, didn't really draw me in, so I didn't even the, Well, it's I did read it because I love her books, but I'm it's Aldebarian Alliance. That's what it is. I'm just not into sci-fi. The writing was strong, but I just couldn't get into the sci-fi thing. I never have. Even movies, I'm not really into sci-fi I don't stuff. I mind stuff taking place in space, but I'm not a huge fan of space romance. Like, I'd rather have it, was, it be like a, a thriller or a drama or something. Yeah, it was It was very well written. Very well written. It just, again, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a Star Trek fan. I've watched a couple Star Wars I finally admitted to my husband recently when the kids were younger, the reason I wanted him to turn on star Wars as often as I did, they would sit quietly and I would take a nap. Okay. Here's my suggestion for you. If you don't really love star Wars, go, well, you don't have Disney plus anymore, but when you, if you're able ever able to use Disney plus watch the Mandalorian, I think I don't dislike star Wars. I don't dislike I know, it, but it's but not, you know, people, the movies become can be, rabid fans. The movies can be a little intimidating. Whereas I feel like the Mandalorian's more of a laid back introduction to the world. Yeah. It's, it, it's up there. Like I loved Harry Potter, but you're not going to find Harry Potter decor in my house. Not yet. It's a difference between being a rabid, <laughs> not yet, <laughs> but between being a rabid fan as opposed to just, I really like that, you know? Yeah. Walking you're, Dead. You remember I had, my room was full of Walking Dead at one point. You enjoy toys. Harry Potter, but you're not a Potterhead. Yeah. I'm not a Potterhead. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know what house I'm in. I probably will never go to the Harry Potter land or whatever it's called. <sighs> Universal Disney, Studios I, Harry Potter World is disappointing. Yeah. Do is not it? go oh, no. save your money. Do not go oh, order no. a wand online or something because even the, the process <laughs> of getting a wand is just underwhelming. <laughs> you want to go somewhere and be fully immersed in the experience? Choose Disney. Forget Universal. <laughs> yeah, I like Star Wars. I, I mean, I didn't dislike Star Trek. I didn't dislike those either. I just... I'm not a huge, ooh, yeah, you know, and and quote it and all that stuff. So yeah. well, I, just, I just, I'm not a sci-fi freak. I am. I, I am most definitely a Star Wars freak. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Like I said, I have a, I have a girlfriend who's like, oh, actually two girlfriends who are so, uh, May the 4th, they make the cake, you know, that, that round cake and they, do they, have, and they have their stuff out. Do and, they have a Star Wars marathon on May the 4th? Yes. Good. Good for them. And yes. they, they should start doing May the 5th, too, if they're not doing May the 5th. Uh, it just, well, and again, it's like, okay, it is what it is. Whereas I'm over here crying on the last episode of Walking Dead. I get it. I get being a fan. Uh, you know, I liked them. Mm-hmm. I just not a rabbit fan. 
And I'm going to say again, like I said in the Harry Potter episode, you are a Hufflepuff. (laughs) I'm Slytherin. I'm sticking to it. You're a Hufflepuff. You might have Slytherin tendencies, but you are a Hufflepuff. That's what my nephews say, because we were we were arguing over who's what, and I'm Ravenclaw, I'm Gryffindor, and I'm like, I'm Slytherin, and my, my younger nephew, the ones, you know, they call me Saka, he says, you're a Hufflepuff, yep. suck. See? I was like, thanks. <laughs> and I actually never answered you during the Harry Potter episode, and I apologize for that, but I am a Ravenclaw. Are you a Ravenclaw? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I am. May, saying I'm a Hufflepuff makes me sound like a marshmallow. <laughs> Well, deep down, you kind of are. I'm, I'm, I always say I'm like those Easter candies where they're hard and crunchy on the outside, but they got that marshmallow center. Yep. I'm actually really squishy inside, but I got this hard exterior. That's because, why you're a Hufflepuff. Well, I don't like confrontation, but I won't back down. <laughs> Just saying, you bring it. Yep. I won't back down, but I don't like it. I don't like to hurt people's feelings. I don't like it. I want everybody happy. I want everybody smiling. Well, if you think about it, and this is not a Harry Potter episode, but just one last comment. If you think about it, what you just described is what Draco Malfoy is. He's hard on the outside because that's what he was taught. But on the inside, he's all warm and squishy and kind. I said it from the first episode of the movie, the first movie. Uh, He is very misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And I said it about um, Snape. I said, he's a good guy. Turning it back around to the topic at hand. Back to topic. Is there anything else you want to say about <laughs> Darkness Dawns? Just, just read it. Just read it. Just read and it. do not, do not give up because that first book, you know, whatever. Maybe there's editing or it felt a little forced. Because I promise you, starting especially with book two, but especially when you get to like Heather and Ethan's story and all this. Holy cow. I mean, I think about those characters that like they live rent free in my head. Yeah. I quote the books sometimes and nobody knows what I'm talking about. I will say but- that I the grammar and spelling and stuff and the punctuation issues did give me a little pause, but the story kind of overpowered that like and I think maybe I yeah. might it might have bothered me more because I am an editor. Um but they were quite obvious. So I will say just stick with it because the story does overpower the grammar issues. Oh, it's, and again, it just, as that world just keeps going, oh my goodness, I am so, so, there's one, and I'm not going to say which one, there's one book that I'm like, ah, great action scenes, great action scenes, but I felt like the romance was very forced. So it was kind of the opposite of book one then, because that's how I felt about book one is that there was way too much romance, but yeah. I felt like the romance was forced. It wasn't where the other ones, you could almost feel them falling in love and you could feel the chemistry and you're like, Woo, I can't wait for them to get naked. See, I didn't feel this that one about had a lot. Of, oh, I did. I, it just with the spikes through his hands and her, you know, even though she's got scrapes and bumps and bruises and she's trying to take care of him. And, I did like the, the scene, the way yeah. she rescued him and stuff. I did enjoy that, yeah. but I just didn't feel and the you, romantic you, chemistry. I felt the chemistry as people, but not the romantic part. Yeah, she's like five foot and he's like six one or something and she's trying to drag him away from the sun and I just, I loved her heart first of all. And then him being so gruff and, and like antisocial and then she wormed her way into his heart. I just love that. And you really, like I said, you really get to see his squishy side further in the books and I'm not going to tell you why, but you really, really get to see his squishy side. All right. Well, then I guess that's all there is to say until I'm able to read the other books. 
I just said if I had paperbacks, I'd mail them to you. It, you can't Damn. afford to get me the, the the paperbacks, but you know you could you could shoot me over an Amazon gift card. <laughs> I could, but I wish you read. If you read on ebook, I'd just send you the ebook. Well, I do. Now that I have I Kindle, like well, e-books. I'm not supposed to because of my migraines. But now that I have Kindle Unlimited, I've been taking advantage. But the reason I said Amazon gift card is because I don't think you can gift ebooks anymore. I think they took that away. Really? Yeah. Last time well, I tried, it wouldn't stupid. let me. That's so. stupid. As I said, first book is in Kindle Unlimited, but the rest are not. So if you have Kindle Unlimited, at least you can start the series that way. Um, and I will link it in the show notes, of course, as well as audio books, if they're available on audio, I didn't check. Um, <clears throat> maybe that's an idea. Maybe I should do audible, but anyway, uh, <laughs> so yeah, like I said, we kind of messed this up and didn't really talk about the book too much, but I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, excuse me. I did. <laughs> well, yeah, we gave a summary, but we didn't really go too in depth with it. Um, it's cause I don't want to spoil the rest of the series for me. So um, but we will update you guys as I read it. I think that's everything for today. You got anything else to say, Lynn? That's it for me. I got to get back to writing. All right. Yeah. I got to get back to my vlog. All right. Well, then I guess we'll talk to you guys next week when we come back with an update on everything. <laughs> yeah. See you next week, guys. If you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Get Mystical and would like to email the hostesses, you can do so at let's get mystical podcast at gmail.com or join the Facebook group both which will be listed in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you.